stressful time of year. It really is. Uh, you may be feeling rather grinchy, but it's still the most wonderful time of the year. It amazes me. If you, if you lean into Christmas, um, the, the songs, so, sometimes it, it, it takes you hearing them, you know, 20 or 30 times before it really gets to you, but the songs really are amazing this time of year. The Christmas carols, the singing, the, the Christmas plays, the nativity scenes, the, the Christmas movies. Um, I just want to parenthetically insert that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's wonderful. And, um, and the gifts. Uh, it's wonderful. My children are excited about the gifts. They're, they're focused on, on the gifts. And the, the thing that is so beautiful about all of it, if you're a Christian, is that the lights and the songs and the nativity scenes and the gifts, they all draw your mind back to the reason that we celebrate. We celebrate because God gave the greatest gift, his only son, Jesus Christ, so that salvation could be made available to you and I and to any who believe on him. And the greatest gift was given to the world, and we, we honor this time, and we celebrate this time. We take pleasure and joy in this time. But I want you to understand as marvelous and beautiful as Christmas is today, the first Christmas was not beautiful. The joy and the splendor and the majesty and all the feels, they were not there at first. We, we normally associate gifts with joy, and you would think that God trusting Joseph and Mary with the greatest gift the world would ever known, you, you would think that it would have brought them great joy, but, but, but it didn't. It brought them great trouble and great turmoil. When a gift is really from God, we talk about these things in church all the time, the blessings, the gifts of God, but when a gift is really from God, you often don't get the joy until you look back in retrospect. Because while you're going through the process, sometimes you don't know if it's a gift from God or an attack from the enemy. The gifts of God should come with a warning sticker. You know, we, we, we bought some gifts for our, our boys, and, and some of them came with a warning sticker that there was, there was some hazards, the choking hazard and you know, all kind of stuff. And, and some of the gifts of God, I think, should come with a, a warning sticker. This will confuse you. This will intimidate you. This will cause you to question if you're going the right way in your life, you know. You just wonder about the gifts of God and, and, and often don't recognize they were gifts until you, you look back. And this is the case with Joseph in our text. You would think that he would be full of excitement knowing that he and God picked the same girl. You would think that that would encourage him, that, that she had been chosen by God, but the reality is oftentimes being chosen by God also means being rejected by people. There's something about God choosing you 
that attracts rejection from people. So when the Bible introduces us to Joseph, he's not happy dancing, shouting, praising God over what's happening in his life. He's looking for a way out. And he's worried and he's upset. Because when God gives gifts, they're usually so far beyond us that initially we fear them. And as a result of fear, when the baby Jesus, when, when the announcement that the baby Jesus was coming was initially given to Joseph, he wasn't trying to get closer to Jesus. He was trying to get as far away as he could. Many times when a gift really comes from God, we have a tendency to initially run from it instead of embrace it. Because after all, who knows what's in a gift until it's unwrapped. Maybe, maybe it's not the gifts of God we, we should be wary of. Maybe it's the wrapping paper. Because God has a tendency to wrap up the best blessings in the paper of trouble, turmoil, difficulty, and confusion. He'll wrap up the job of your dreams in the wrapping paper of your old job, giving you a pink slip, firing you. He'll wrap up brand new relationships in the wrapping paper of people walking out on you that you never thought would leave. He'll wrap up the most amazing blessing in the paper of the most difficult trials. Maybe it's, it's no coincidence that the most wonderful time of the year is often the most stressful. Anybody been feeling the stress lately? Isn't it amazing how December knows how to bring the stress? In verse 20, Scripture says, while he thought about these things. What things? Well, she, she comes to him and she says, I want to let you know that I'm pregnant, but it's okay. God did it. And he looked at her like most men would look at their wife if she told him that. And so in his mind, you know, okay, she's, uh, she's messed up and uh, she's got with some guy and, and she's pregnant now. So I'm out, but <clears throat> I know her, you know, I know her family. I'm a member of the community. I don't want to put her on blast publicly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make arrangements to put her away privately, maybe try to send her somewhere and, um, and take care of things until after the baby's born, and then I'll just completely cut ties. And, and he's, he's strategizing his solution to what he perceives as a problem. And I want you to consider, it, it, he probably had to put a lot of thought and energy into what he was going to do, how he was going to organize this, how he was going to set this up. And what he didn't know while he was putting all this stress and time and energy and organizing the finances and organizing all the details of her travel and how he was going to keep it a secret and all that, while he's doing all that work and all that labor, what he didn't realize was 
He wasn't going to have to do any of that, really. Here. You've been stressing and planning a response to something you perceive as a problem, and you're not going to have to do any of that. Listen to me, whoever you are, okay? We ain't churching right now. I want to speak this directly into your heart and your spirit. You've been planning a strategy to respond and build around and compensate for what you perceive is a problem coming. God said, it's not a problem. It's a gift. And you're not going to have to do any of that. You are stressing yourself out about something that God himself is going to make work out just fine. I don't know where you are. You're worried. You're staying up at night. You're trying to get your stuff together. You're trying to get your strength together. You're trying to brace yourself. You're trying to make plans over something that's going to work itself out because of the hand and the plan of God. Lay that anxiety down. I don't know where you are. Lay that stress down. Feel it in my spirit. Lay that pressure down. Lay all those plans down. Lay all those strategies down. This battle does not belong to you. This battle belongs to God. God don't need your help to work this problem out. He doesn't need your energy to fix this thing. He doesn't need your involvement to iron this thing out. God has got this handle. Push somebody help me preach say God's got it handled no push somebody else say God has got this handled your steps were ordered this morning to be here in this sanctuary in this moment to hear the word of the Lord to your life what you're worried about and stressing about and staying up all night and losing your peace and snapping at people because you're under so much pressure God said to tell you it's going to work itself out and you ain't gonna have to do any of that. I said you ain't going to have to do any of that. I can't stop saying it. I want to move on and finish the rest of my message. But the word of the Lord jumping in my spirit said, tell you, you ain't going to need to do any. Oh, I feel the glory of the Lord coming in this room. You ain't going to need to do any of it. While he, while he thought about these things, he, he's in the crux He's in the crucible of trying to roll out his plan. And while he's doing that, God sends an angel with a word. That's what I am to you this morning. I don't have wings, but the, 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 the word angel in the New Testament just means messenger. Okay. I'm a messenger from the Lord to your ear this morning. You ain't going to have to do any of that. You need to drop the anxiety. I'll say it again. You need to drop the stress. I'll say it again. You need to drop the depression. I'll say it again. You need to drop all that worry, and you need to drop all those things you've been trying to work out and how you're going to respond to it. God's got it handled. And the word of the Lord comes to him through the angel, and the angel says, do not be afraid. Don't fear. Fear not. That is the most common message from God in the Scripture, Old Testament and New. Search the Bible cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, and you'll find out that when the people of God got in a circumstance or situation that confused them, that bewildered them, that made them fear, that was causing a lot of trouble, 
the word God would always send, whether it was through a prophet, whether it was through an angel, whether it was through uh, him opening heaven and just speaking himself, the most common word from God in the scripture is do not fear. It is listed in the Bible in some form, do not fear, do not be afraid, fear not. It's listed in the Bible 365 times. One time for every day of your year, God puts in his word, do not fear. Says Joseph, do not fear. First word he gave Joseph. First word he spoke to Joseph, do not fear. Why? Because fear will work against your faith and cause you to miss out on the part of the gift that's supernatural. You might want to take some notes on this one. I'm going to say it again. Fear will work against your faith and cause you to be blinded to, to miss out on the part of the gift that is supernatural. Now listen. Joseph's worried about the practical implications of having to care for a child that's not his, okay? But, but right now, his mind is solely focused on the natural part of it. Number one, this kid ain't mine. I know it ain't mine. Everybody else is going to know it ain't mine. Then, I, I haven't been preparing to have a kid. I don't have my finances together. I don't, I'm not at the stage and season of my life where I wanted to have children. That's why I ain't been practicing to have children because I ain't, I ain't ready to have children yet. Pr again, the practical, the natural part of it. This child's gonna have to be fed. This child's gonna have to be cared for. This child's gonna have to be educated. There's a lot of particulars involved in this. But again, all of those things are natural. The fear is causing him to miss out on the part of the gift that is supernatural because you can never discern supernatural things while you are operating in fear. I'm going to say it again. You can never perceive or discern if there's something supernatural about something while you're operating in fear. Jesus did have a lot of natural components. He was going to be a human baby. He was going to need to be fed. He was going to need to be changed. He was going to need to be educated. There was a lot of natural stuff that had to go along with it. But... Jesus was also supernatural. And I want to tell you, the problem that you're looking at, you're stressed out because you're looking at the natural components of it. But what you have failed to see because you've been afraid and you've been in anxiety and you've been in fear is that there is also a supernatural component to the thing that you are looking at. And if you can engage your faith and drown out the fear, you will begin to sense and perceive and see that there's a supernatural component to the thing that's staring you in the face right now. To whatever that problem is that you think is a problem, I'm telling you, if you look at it through the eyes of faith, you will begin to see a supernatural component. That the power of God in your life comes with immense potential. That the power of God turns difficulties into opportunities. That the power of God turns what would normally be stressful into something that can bless your life and elevate you to an entirely different level, but you'll never be, oh, hallelujah, you'll never be, oh, glory to God, you'll never be able to see it or perceive it or capture it unless you drop the fear. Somebody give God a praise right there. I feel the anointing in this house. The 
danger is, and the reason I'm preaching this to you, the danger is because of fear. Are you tracking with me? Do I have your attention or do I need to do a cartwheel or something? Are you here? The danger is the fear almost caused Joseph to walk away from Jesus. Now, considering that with all we know, having the benefit of being able to read the story and find out how it all turned out, that just sounds ludicrous. But in real time, imagine how dangerously close he was to abandoning his own redemption. Jesus is the only one that will be able to save Joseph. He nearly walked away from his own salvation. He nearly walked away from not only his destiny, but the destiny of the whole world. Because he was looking at it from a perspective of fear instead of a perspective of faith. Some of you are dangerously close to walking away from a major blessing because you're looking at it with the wrong set of eyes. You're dangerously close to leaving a blessed relationship because you're looking at it with the wrong eyes. You're dangerously close to leaving a blessed job because you're looking at it with the wrong eyes. And there is a danger in that. Do you know the devil cannot steal the gifts of God in your life? But he will try to scare you into walking away from them yourself. You didn't hear what this preacher said. I said the devil or his voodoo dolls. They can't cause the blessing of God in your life to not flow. And they can't steal the blessing of God. But they can try to scare you into walking away from them yourself. And to this to this danger, to this difficulty, to, to save Joseph from blowing the opportunity of a lifetime, God sends a simple word. And it's amazing. You get to receive the same word this morning that Joseph received. Do not I say that to you, and I use my authority because it's my purview. I say that to you not as a suggestion and not even as an instruction. Right now, I say that to your being as an apostolic command. Do not fear. I speak to the fear in your mind and I call it down. I speak to the worry and the anxiety in your heart. I call it down in the name of Jesus. I speak to the thing in you that's been keeping you bound up, hesitant, unable to move. I call you loosed from that right now in the name of Jesus. By the authority and the power of the word of the Lord, I speak to your being from the top of your head to the 
sole of your feet, and I declare over you, fear, come down now. Worry, come down now. Anxiety, come down now. Depression, come down now. And may your vision be loose to see and to perceive and to realize and to comprehend that if God be for you, hallelujah to God, if God be for you, he is more than the world against you. And this mountain that you're facing is going to do nothing but elevate you to a higher position and level in life. He says, he said, oh, give him praise. Oh, give him praise. Oh, give him praise. Thank you for your word, Father. Give him praise. Thank you for what you're doing right now, Holy Spirit. Give him praise. Come on, clap your hands. Shake the fear off. Shake the doubt off. Shake the anxiety off. Receive the word of the Lord. Let the fear come down. Oh, let the fear come down. Oh, let the fear come down. Oh, let the fear come down. it's one thing to talk about it in general and it's a good word all by itself if I stop now it's worth you have come to church this morning but a real good word you know you've had a good meal and then you've had a real good meal a good word will tell you don't fear a real good word will unmask the specific fear Define it, cut its legs out. So there's three specific fears in the text that Joseph is dealing with. And they're the same three specific fears that maybe some of you are dealing with. So let's unmask it. Fear number one, the fear of perception. What will people Like, like, I don't believe her, you know? God got you pregnant. I don't believe her. But let's say I did. I ain't ever going to be able to convince my mama and them. What will they think? I ain't ever going to be able to convince my community. I'm a respected member of this community. I ain't ever gonna be, I ain't never gonna be able to convince my church. You know, church people are the worst. <laughs> the grade A, absolute worst. You wanna find the most prolific, professional, judgmental people, all you gotta do is come to church. What are they gonna think? And as silly as it sounds, oftentimes that's a fear in our lives. What will other people think? Because the gifts of God will often cause controversy. If you are a person who attracts hatred from others, if you are a person that attracts gossip from others. You need to be encouraged. 
Because hatred is always a sign that you're gifted and carrying something no one else is. I've found it to be true. Folks never waste good hate on somebody who's not gifted. If you're being hated on, it is an announcement over your head. You got something. You gifted. You going after something. You're doing something. You're stirring up something. Because 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 people's time is too valuable. If they're gonna hate you, it's gotta be you know something provoking that, something motivating that. If they're gonna take time and gossip about you, it's gotta be something special about you to make them take the time to pause their entire life and give your name their mind's attention. If you've been talked about, if you've been hated, if you're being gossiped about, be encouraged. It's a sign God is up to something in your life, and you gotta gift on the inside of you and you need to learn to say talk about me all you want I'm gifted anyway you can talk about me but you can't take my gift you can talk about me but you can't reduce how special God has made me look at your neighbor and say you're gifted don't allow the fear of other crazy people's perception. You didn't hear what I said. The organ stopped. You thought it was a break in the service and the momentum was shifted. No, don't allow the negative perception of other people's opinion to rob you of God's gift for you. The gift wasn't for them. It was for you. The destiny's not for them. It is for you. Let them say whatever they want to say. What they say cannot stop what God has ordained to do in your life. Number two. The fear of lacking provision. Well, that's a big fear. God, I would do it, but I'm not set up to pay for it. I'm not set up to maintain it. I'm not set up to handle it. How am I going to do it? You know, Joseph was a planner. He was a strategist. He was a person who lived on a budget. He knows that he is not set up financially because he hadn't planned for it. You know, he, he wasn't trying to have a child in this season of his life because he hadn't prepared to have a child in this season of his life. And one thing people never tell you, you know, you think of babies and you, you get the perfect little Gerber baby in your mind and, and, and you think of how cute and how, you know, loving and how sweet and goo goo gaga and all that. What nobody tells you is how expensive it is. Okay. This whole section, everybody left me. Nobody tells you how expensive, how much cash money it costs. have a baby. 
am I, how am I going to maintain this? And the first thing we see when Joseph starts his journey, he says, okay, God, I'll accept this. I'll, I'll take this on. And the first thing we see is problems with provision. We see a lack of provision. Because when it's time for the baby to be born, the, the first time Joseph and Jesus are going to meet, they got to meet under the circumstances of poor provisions. Because when Joseph tries to find a room, Bible says there was, preach with me, Bible says there was no room. Now, don't be simple and juvenile and childish in your mind and think that there was just too many people for them to get a room. Because if you've got enough money, Anytime you see no vacancy on a place, understand, that's always negotiable. If you got enough money, they'll make a vacancy. I almost told you a story, but I did. He, he has a problem with provision the first time he meets the Lord. But what he doesn't realize is when people close doors on you, God will always open new ones. I said, when people close doors on you, and you don't have the provision or you don't have the wealth to force a door open, God will always come right in the nick of time and God will open a new door for you all by himself. And be encouraged if the door God opens is just a stable. I said be encouraged if the door God opens is just a stable. Because what Joe didn't know while he was hanging with Jesus in a stable, worried about his lack of provision, is while he was in the stable. Oh, God, I feel like preaching. I said, while he was in the stable, on the other side of the earth in the east, God was talking to wise men, telling them to load their camels up with gold and frankincense and myrrh and sending them on a journey. What Joe didn't know and what you don't know is while he was worried in the stable about lacking provision, God was sending care packages of provision on their way to him. I got another word for you. I don't know who it's for, but care packages of provision are on their way to your life right now. They're scheduled. They've already left. They're on their way. They are coming to you in the name of Jesus. I know there's a lot of negative prognosticators talking about how difficult next year is going to be. Evidently, there's 12 new versions of the virus that could possibly shut the whole world down. But I got a word for the prognosticators. I got a prophecy for the prognosticators. Psalm 3410 says that even the young lions do lack and they suffer hunger. But those who fear the Lord shall lack no good thing. I said, those who fear the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I said, those who fear the Lord shall
shall not lack any good thing. I said, those that fear the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I said, those that fear the Lord shall not lack any. No lack. No lack. No lack. No lack. No lack. Say it with me. No lack. No lack in my family, in my community, in my city, in my state. The word of the Lord. There shall be no lack. No You might be in a stable now, but the word of the Lord is sending a promise. The word of the Lord is sending provision. The word of the Lord is sending wealth. The word of the Lord is sending money. The word of the Lord is sending opportunity. The word of the Lord is sending a breakthrough. The word of the Lord is sending power. The word of the Lord. Somebody give him praise in this house right now. The provision, it's coming. The provision, it's coming. Push somebody and say, the provision, it is coming. You're worried about what you're going to have to do to pay for it. When what you don't know is on the other side of the mountain, there's camels loaded down with gold, frankincense, and myrrh that you don't have to look for that are coming looking for you. You think, oh, God, I'm going to have to go out and find it, or I'm going to have to go out and make it work, or I'm going to have to go out and do it. No, this blessing isn't something you go out and do. This blessing is something that chases you down. Oh, I release it over your life in the name of Jesus. It's, it's kind of like that thing David said, surely. Goodness and mercy. They're going to follow me. This provision is going to, it's going to follow you. This opportunity is going to find you. This blessing is going to come chasing you, 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 you down. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they, that that fear the Lord shall not lack any. 
Not in, you, you don't hear me. Look at me. Not anything. Not anything. Not health. Not mental peace. Not energy. Not money. Not any. Not any. Not any good thing. Joe, you're stressed out. You're trying to make plans. You're rubbing your pennies together, trying to figure out how you're going to make it all. It's not going to come from you. It's going to come to you. Do you hear this, preacher? It's not going to come from you. It's going to come to you. Finally, number three, the fear of no providence. Providence, meaning guidance. Guidance. Come here. Lift up your hand. Unexpected blessing, either through the government or a company you don't know of, is going to come to your mailbox. I release the blessing. Oof. 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 Providence meaning guidance, okay? Joe is saying, look, if I take this on, here's the problem. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to be a daddy, much less be a daddy to God's only son. I don't know what I'm doing. And if I agree to go, what guarantee do I have that I'll know where to go. If I agree to go and I mess it up, what guarantee do I have that you'll be merciful? If I, if I agree to go, what guarantee do I have? And to answer his fear of no providence, no guidance, God speaks in verse 23, and he quotes an Old Testament prophet. He says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And by, by just saying the name Emmanuel, God gives Joseph an answer to this fear. Because the word Emmanuel literally means God with us. In other words, you're worried about the providence. You're worried about the guidance. And I'm telling you. That God is going to go with you. You're worried about going into the new challenges in 2022. 
And I'm telling you that God is going to go with you. You're worried about what's going on in your marriage, and you're considering not continuing to go on. I'm telling you to go on and that God is going to go with you. You're worried about what's going on in your health, and I'm telling you, whatever it is, God is going to go with you. That's what he said about it. He, he said, and it's a little funny. Most people don't really understand it. He said, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. So is his name Jesus or is his name Emmanuel? His name should be called Emmanuel, but then he said, Joseph, I want you to name him Jesus because he's going to save his people from his sin. And it's a mystery. It's an Old Testament prophetic mystery that we wouldn't understand until the apostle Paul told us. That because he was obedient to the shame of the cross, that God the Father has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, not at Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven, in earth, and under the earth, and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul was teaching us that not only is Jesus powerful, but Jesus is so powerful that his very name is power by itself. That I don't have to have Jesus physically standing in the room with me. All I have to have is the name of Jesus. And that the name of Jesus will be God with us. You missed it. He wasn't saying, I want you to name him Emmanuel. He's saying, there's some people in the future that are going to find out something about his name. When the name is released in the earth, when the power and the authority is given unto that name, the people that call that name are going to say something about it. They're going to say, I got in a situation and I found out when I called on the name of Jesus that God came right where I was and was with us. That the name of Jesus itself is a spiritual force that invokes the presence of God himself. That if I'm ever going through a journey and I don't know which way to turn, if I ever go through a situation and I'm all alone and no one is there to help, that God gave me something that would draw his instant presence and power. All I have to do is, is call his name in faith, Jesus and all of a sudden, if I've got Jesus in faith, if I've got Jesus in faith, I've got Emmanuel, God himself with. Now, it was a spiritual law, and spiritual laws are eternal even before they are revealed. Okay? So, all, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity, okay? It was a natural law before he revealed it to the earth. It just took him to reveal it to the earth. The spiritual force and power of Jesus' name was always a spiritual law. 
Paul just hadn't revealed it to the earth yet. So Joseph, from the time Jesus was born, Joseph was never without the direct presence of God, God himself. Not just the presence of Jesus, God the Father himself. Because every time Joseph said, hey, Jesus, come in here. Hey, hey, Jesus, will you go get my sandals? Hey, Jesus, will you go get my tools? Hey, hey, Jesus, will you go help your mama? Hey, hey, Je Jesus, stop doing that. Jesus. Joseph wasn't helping Jesus by giving him the name that God spoke. God was helping Joseph by giving him a name to call. God was helping Joseph by giving him direct access to the throne room of glory. By giving him a, a name. Do you know that the name of Jesus isn't for Jesus? The name of Jesus is for the church. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus, he didn't need a name. He was the word in the beginning. He didn't need a name. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He didn't need a name. He existed before there was a where or a when or a this or a that. He didn't need a name. The name was given to him so we would have something to call on in faith. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The name of the Lord, not the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous one into and are. <laughs> do, you, do you see it? Do you see it? The name. You need direction? All you need is the name of Jesus. You need healing? All you need is the name of Jesus. You need favor? You need providence? You need an answer? All you really need is faith in the name of And what you'll find out about it? When you learn about it and you learn to call it in faith, you'll look back on when you called it and you will say about calling that name what the prophet said. You'll say, when I called that name, God was with us. He was with me. He helped me. He delivered me. He pulled me out. He rescued me. He, he caused me to have the breakthrough that I needed. He did it for me when I called the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, praise his name.